bunch of sexy, delightful bastards. Welcome to episode <laughs> reach episode 114 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your titular Stace, and as is tradition at the end of the year, this episode I'm going to talk about the good things from 2020. There were a few, don't worry. Uh, and I'll be joined by my lovely husband, Rich. Wow. And our good buddy, Phil. Wow. <laughs> Apparently, wow is how we introduce ourselves now, because it's 2020. Owen Wilson just appeared, sorry. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad you've both spoken now then, so that we can ascertain yeah. which ones of you aren't Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, yeah. He's, yeah. he's left already. Um, I said, get out of here, Owen. You're not in our There's problem. a little Owen Wilson in all of us. Nobody wants you. I haven't, I haven't put my phone on flight mode. Let me do that. Okay, there we go. Um, in a little slight break from tradition, this year we've gone for mulled cider instead of mulled wine. And I've got to say, it's good. It's a good choice. I've had a little sip and I can't really taste it because it's really hot. It but is really hot. You have to say it's good though. I do, yeah. Lilies are forcing me to say it because if it's I don't, good. they'll come round my house and nut me. I They're no Vimto. They are no Vimto. Do you reckon mulled Vimto would work? It's not sweet enough for me. Oh, Sweets, you didn't make it. No, I'm just like, you know, we could have had wine instead. No, it's not. It's not. Oops. But none of us really like mulled wine. We just have it because it's Christmas. That is true. This is better than mulled wine. Hmm. Yeah. And Mm, we're not going to overdose on cinnamon. Just need more cinnamon. (sighs) Everybody needs more cinnamon. Everybody needs more cinnamon for a pillow. Well, as is the tradition, uh, we all have picked our top five things. From 2020 slash that little bit of 2019 that happens after we recorded last year's uh, doodad. So we're going to just crack on. Uh, should we? Should we start with music? I think okay. we're going to start with albums, and I'm yeah. going to throw okay. it to Rich. You can go first. Oh yes. no! Yes, Phil, Rich you can, can go, go first. first. What have you okay. done that for? Now you've been weird. You can't no, change your tune. Well, you go first. I don't want to go first because I'm a gracious host. Lead the way. And I threw it to lead you and you example, said, no, host. that's why I said... Lead by example, bitch. I don't want to lead by example, bitch. I Ooh. want to throw it at Rich because he was... Com- Rich, please put your phone on flight. Who's buzzing? Is it you, Phil? No. What's happening? I can't put my phone on flight mode, otherwise I'm not about to talk about stuff in a bit oh, when it gets God. further into it. Fine. Fine. Rich, just start All with All right, music. my fifth favourite album of the year is It Is What It Is by Thundercat. Okay. Explain. It's all right. <laughs> Who's Thundercat? What is Thundercat? Thundercat is a, I want to say, jazz musician. Okay. Um, mm. And he used to be a bass player in many of the bands, and I should have looked this up before and I forgot what it is. But he had a song this year <laughs> that was called Dragon Ball Durag, and it might be the funniest and best video. But it's not like, it's a comedy song, but it's also a proper song. And the rest of the album's yeah. not comedy at all. Um, really? Yeah. I haven't listened to the rest of the album yet. Yeah, I've just listened to that. Smooth listening, and this year that's been quite handy whilst I've not been wanting to think of anything. Sometimes you just want to put something on, you're not really paying a lot of attention, but it makes you feel quite calm and smooth jazz. Zen. And it also contains a line I may be covered in cat hair. But I still but smell I still good. smell good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I literally only got into this a couple of weeks ago as well. So, yeah. It's like shot up my list straight away, and it's very good, and it's very different for me normally. Speaking of, if people can just stop releasing albums in December so I've got time yeah. to collate my lists without having mild panic attacks at surprise albums, that'd be great. Um, Phil, what's your number five? Uh, my number five is uh, Self Care by Yours Truly. Um, and this like Richard's- You made it. No. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen to my SoundCloud. Here's the link below. Um <laughs> 
Yeah, this was a late edition for me as well. This was recommended by my pal Jamie. Um, well, it came up on his Spotify wrapped. Um, and they're an Australian pop punk band. Nice. Um, and it's very, very classic Paramore. Ah. So I have a feeling ooh. you will enjoy it. But... Uh, yeah, I'm going to make a small note of that. What were the yours truly? Yours truly. I, I was going to say, what were they called? From the cat played bass with Kendrick Lamar for a bit. Ah, that was what I was trying to remember. Sorry, Thank you. carry on. <laughs> I, I was pretty much at the end. So ah, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a similar sort of Paramore format and uh, lead female. And so this yeah. the band you sent me a song. No, on. no, no. There's no. another one that there was very a very grenade Paramore. jumper. That, that was, was it. But yeah. They were one track. Not in the rest of my top. Yeah, because you said there was one track, but decent track. But yeah, so self care by yours truly. Excellent. My number five is probably surprising nobody, although it might surprise some people that it's at number five and not higher up. It's uh, The Prophecy by Ninja Sex Party. Um, Who? Yeah. If you've never listened to The Parlour before, shame on you. No, not really. Um, Shame. Ninja Sex Party are a comedy rock... Rock? Yeah, let's say rock. Funk, punk, no. Not twerp as the band. Who do songs mostly about willies and trying to date and trying to do a sex but also sometimes about things like mystic crystals and sacred chalices uh and this album the the only reason it's only at five rather than being higher up is because the first track is like a seven minute like prog rock situation about a mystic crystal and i don't like it and it's a seven minute long song and i'm like no you need to go for a jog to appreciate it i do do need to go for a prog jog hashtag Um, prog jog but there are a lot of songs on there that are very, very funny. One in particular, which is the one that I'll be putting on the Spotify playlist of our top tunes of the year. Is it the one I keep listening to? Welcome to my parents' house. Oh, no. Welcome to my parents' house. It's so much fun and it's super danceable. But and it's not, I don't know what we're talking about, is it? It's not, I don't know what we're talking about. But, um, I don't know I get this on. I think you might need a spoon. That is too hot. Be careful. Don't burn your fingies. It's not that hot. It's, not, you're not, it's, it's come out of a slow cooker on low, not a kettle. Sure. <laughs> inject it into your veins. But anyway, yes, I really liked the album. Um, I was just a bit sad that because it's only mm-hmm. 10 tracks and one of them is a uh, you know, seven-minute long one that I don't really like, it's uh, it sort of lost a bit of it, a bit of its edge for me. But so It's still a good album, but there are four better albums. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Rich has dropped cider on my list. <laughs> Rich, what's your number four? My number four album is another easy listening jazzy type album. It's Pick Me Up Off The Floor by Nora Jones. Okay. Um, she's been around for a while. I think most people know who Nora Jones is. And this isn't that different, but I just feel this year it connected with me a lot more than yeah. normal. Because I'd never have pegged you for a Nora Jones fan. But you can peg me if you want, Phil. That's nothing to do with listening to Nora Jones. Um, I was going to say, do you want to listen to Nora Jones while you do it, just so it's nice and easy? Smooth. It would definitely be nice and easy. <laughs> this is, we're only eight minutes in and we're already doing friendly bum sex jokes. Can be like angry, but <laughs> I mean I don't know why Phil would have to peg me either. Like it'd be a lot more easy to not bother with the pegging aspect. Oh, is that specifically not your own willy? Pegging. Well, yeah. Oh, I thought it just meant like butt sex. No. Oh. Well, you learn something every oh, day. Oh, so well, yeah, Norma Jones. So, like, <laughs> I liked the first album, like probably two thousand and one or whatever it was. It come out. Not really listened to her since. She's done a few appearances on a Foo Fighters album at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this year was one of them where working from home one day it come out, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll have give a listen. That a and I've been been on rotation ever since. Nice. It's very good. She's got a beautiful voice. She has probably about it. I have a thing about Norma Jones in that 
I like a lot of her songs, but I feel like I couldn't tell you any of the names of her singles or anything because it's all the same song yeah. to me. Like, yeah. it's all just nice, isn't it? I think that's nice. the thing when it's like yeah. a genre of music you're not into, a lot of it's quite similar, and I think that's mm. fine. Yeah. But it's the same when people like, now some people go, all oh, rock music sounds the same and all, and doesn't, does it, when you're into it? That is true. Like techno. Yeah. All exactly techno sounds the same. Ah, <laughs> uh, Phil. Uh, my number four is uh, "Do You Wonder Do You Wonder About Me" by Diet Sig. Ah, oh, that's my number nine. Ah, yeah. so you know of them? I do. So they're like a US rock duo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's their second album. It's very like Charlie Bliss. Yep. Pop I feel you'd type. like it. Yeah. Mm. Young Mr. Richard mm. Taylor. We've had this discussion. I think we yeah. may have done. <laughs> <laughs> the other people don't know that what yes. goes on in our secret WhatsApps. <laughs> Not secret, not public. Secretly on air. So, yeah, <laughs> like you say, pop funky. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, last year we were all about Charlie Bliss. Um, very similar to them. Good stuff. I think my number four might ruin your number three because no, it's. Talk about it then, because my number three is next anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa? Dua Lipa. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> is an album I wasn't anticipating liking because I don't think I've liked a song of hers ever before. No, it, likewise. This, <laughs> this was another one that was like, do you remember when we were all like, Bruno Mars, pff, he's rubbish, he's pff, and then he released that one album that was fucking phenomenal. No, he, like, he oh. guest starred on that one Mark Ronson track. That was what Mark <laughs> Yeah, was. and then everybody was like, oh, well, I mean, oh, that album of his is still one of my favourite albums like yeah. ever. It's great. Um, and this was another one of those for me where you were like, Stace, you should, you should listen to this. You will like it. And I thought, is he mad? It's Dua Lipa, though. But it's I great. got recommended it from the Carly Rae Jepsen subreddit because they were like, this is a bit Jepsen's like. If you, you know, she's doing, and I thought, whatever. And I put it on, I thought, no, it kind of is. Wasn't this another person that Kay used to bang on about? They used to bang on a bit fancy in her. He's never <laughs> once told me he likes the music. Yeah, I don't think he's ever recommended me a song of hers. And but... now he's like, oh, Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa. Right? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, every pub quiz is a question about Dua Lipa. Hmm. It's one she of those, radio on at work. It's one of those albums, though, where, like, I mean, this year in particular, whereas you've been sort of after music sometimes that makes you feel a bit chill, I've been after music that's, like, kicked me up the bum and given me a bit of energy because I've not had an awful lot of my own. Um, so because this is, like, I mean, Wikipedia lists it as new disco, Pop mm. funk, yeah. electronica. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, that'll do. Definitely got a disco vibe to it. Yeah. It's like with, it with Jesse Ware and Kylie's new album. There's all that yeah. zeitgeist um, at the moment. Because yeah. that's most disco music is shit, like proper old school disco music. Except the song September. But you're picking out one or two songs. This was a decade of, yeah. of music that was <laughs> fucking terrible. Girl Crazy. That was well past this post disco. Yeah. But like the stuff now that is relying, it's picking off like the cherry picking certain bits of disco that work yeah. well. And I think, mm. yeah, there's a lot of songs out now that are disco vibe that have worked really, really well. And I think Dua Lipa is definitely doing some of that. Yeah. So, yeah, my number three was Flip Fusion Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Phil? So, my number three. Uh, my number three is Maya, or Maya, I presume Maya, um, by John Fruchante. Oh, so, he was cool. obviously the guitarist and is, again, the guitarist from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Obviously. Um, <laughs> obviously yeah. I didn't know that. So, he was with them and he left and he rejoined and he left for like 10, 15 years and now uh, he's rejoined again. Brilliant. Um, well, didn't he get kicked out to be replaced by Dave Navarro? Yeah, because he, he was on heroin yes. lots. Yes. <laughs> allegedly, you know, not liable. I think he's someone that. who says he take, you take heroin because, like, he wants to be creative. It's not like a drug. And I'm like, mate, come on. Oh, drug. no. 
so during like the, the long period of time that he wasn't with him, he obviously released solo albums. Mm-hmm. And then along the way, he also started uh, releasing albums under the, sin- the pseudonym of Trickfinger and their proper like uh, electronic psychedelic albums. Oh. Um, and this is the first one that he's done actually on his own name. But it's like full on acid breakbeat kind of Ooh. stuff, um, kind of uh, Aphex Twin. That so a lot of people will hate it, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's just this as he gets back together with Red Hot Chili Peppers. Maybe. I, I don't know, yeah. Fun, isn't it? So it's it's not what you'd have expected from him if you weren't to know. Yeah. But it's a really good album if you're into that kind of genre. Nice. My number three, move your arm. Is that fine? <laughs> Is it? Have you seen Yes. Uh, Under My Influence by The Aces. I think I've talked about The Aces before because I think their last album was in one of my... Daydream something. Mm, Volcanic Love, I think, was their last album. Maybe, yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, but this album is is kind of much of the same, but it's still great, so I like it a lot. Um, So what are they? They are a sort of indie pop, sort of rock, sort of new wavy girly Hmm. band who are very good. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's another one of those albums that's kind of like, I wouldn't say it's as upbeat as like throwing on a Dua Lipa or whatever, but it's more sort of in the realms of like summery. It makes you feel good. Uh, it made me feel good anyway. I liked it a lot. Cheered me up. There you go. Number two. No, not quite yet. Do we do that joke every year? I, think I feel so. like we probably do. Um, my second favourite album of the year is Impossible Weight by Deep Sea Diver. Which is the band name of um, singer-songwriter guitarist Jessica Dobson, formerly of The Shins. Oh. Um, who started, well, midway through the year, she released a single called Stop Pretending, which according to Spotify Unwrapped, I listened to 100 times in the first day it came out. Um, <laughs> That's quite It's not on this album. <laughs> for some reason. But the album itself is still like brilliant and has uh, guest appearance from Sharon Bennett and on. It's very like, yeah, if you like the shins and that kind of music, it's pretty similar, but more 2020, to be honest, which I think is a genre in itself. It's like, really, <laughs> where like everything has a bit of a sad tinge to it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So Deep Sea Diver, check this out. Check out the song I put on the playlist and then check out Stop Pretending, which isn't on this. <laughs> Fair enough. So my number two is uh, Dark Hearts by Annie. No. So you might remember the name Annie. Her I've first heard it okay. before. She, she, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Norwegian artist. Um, she hasn't had an album for 11 years. Um, but the track people remember is uh, Chewing Gum. No. It's a very sort of pop out pop track that she did with, I think it was Richard X, maybe, or one of them kind of people. I can't remember where it goes. But but it that was Have you got it in you to pop. sing it at us, Phil? Because I, I want to know who it goes. I'm not going to oh. subject your listeners to that. That's one way to lose people <laughs> right now. Just switch off. <laughs> Just 15 um, minutes But in. yeah, so that was like a proper full-on sort of pop state. But this is, she's come back and it's it's still pop, but it's very dark, sort of synth-tinged pop. Mm. So it's kind of up my alleyway, but still classed as pop. Nice. Don't say that as though pop's terrible. No, 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 no. But no, that's a it's it's not just synth, you know, synth yeah. wave kind of yeah. thing. It's it's a darker pop. Oh, it's not a little mix. You know? Dirty pop, like that NSYNC, NSYNC thing song. Yeah, it's definitely. NSYNC. I like that song. All right, it's on my favourites playlist. I've only got one good song, and it's Bye Bye Bye. <laughs> that's also on my favourites playlist. <laughs> uh, my number two was uh, Folklore by Taylor Swift. This was an album that I didn't actually much like when it came out because she sprung an album on us all surprise styles in Didn't like she have an album every single fucking day April yeah. or something 
and uh, and at the time it was an April. I feel like it was probably April or May. It's quite it was early like in lockdown, July. was it? Anyway, it was at a point what at which time? at which in the lockdown that me. my that my optimism for being out of it fairly quickly was was waning, and I was like, oh no, this is a this is a long term nightmare thing. Huh. So I didn't appreciate it that much when it came out because I was like, no, I don't need slow sort of like chamber pop type maudlin yes you know i think um, that's my kind of issue with it i'm still not in that headspace yeah uh whereas actually um thank you dear actually lately i've been sort of sitting with the album a lot more and it's like genuinely beautiful um and there's a lot of tracks that that sound sadder than they are if that makes sense if you actually listen to the lyrics is that a good thing sounding sadder than they are no so like the what I mean is the melody sounds sadder than what the actual message of the song is. So it's not like an album that's gotcha. depressing in that way, if that makes sense. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that... It's not as depressing as... It's not as, as depressing as, as I thought it was originally, or I'm in a better place, one of the two. I don't know if that latter part's true, because it doesn't feel like it. But <laughs> um, Either is good. Yeah. yeah. But um, she sprung another album on us like a week ago, but I haven't had time to like, I've listened to it like once. So I also, really... isn't your favourite version of this album the one from the film that we watched? Yeah. Well, you say film. It's like, it's just session, live sessions, yeah. isn't it? But yeah. Um, it's a film on Disney Plus, isn't it? Well, is it Disney Plus? I think so. Yeah. Um, is that like Beyonce's? Yeah, but this is less. Like, because it's just her talking about the song and then they play the song and then they yeah. talk about the song and they play the song. Yeah. But yeah, it's really good. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. You? My number one is, if anyone knows me, this isn't a surprise, Punisher by Phoebe Bridges. <gasps> yeah. Shot horror. Um, I think it's the album I actually paid money for this year. Um, I think that would have been my true number three, to be fair. It's Phoebe Bridges and it's brilliant. End of. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> All right. I think every year that she's released something, you've put it on your top, haven't you? Mm, I think no. I think her first album I missed until it, the year after. Uh, but since then, like, better Oblivion and everyone else. I was going to say, wasn't uh, she in another band with two yeah, ladies? Boy Genius. There you go. And then better Oblivion last year, and then the second solo album this year, which is yeah, brilliant. I think you did mention the first one. It just wasn't. I might have, but I don't think it was as hard as it probably <laughs> would have been if I'd have been obsessed with it at the yeah. time. Fair enough. So yeah. <laughs> Moving on, I guess. I'm going to get a drink that I like. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't like the cider. That's a lot of cider we've got to drink. Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! Um, so my number one is Indigo Dream by Emma. Cool. Um, but in true <laughs> no fashion, idea. because I have to pull one out the bag every year, mm-hmm. it's Emma E dot M dot M dot <gasps> of course it is. A dot. And what's it an acronym for? I think her name actually is Emma, but I don't know. Rubbish. I'm guessing it's just a standout and search engines, but you know. <laughs> um, so it's her uh, it's second album. Um, her debut one was seven years ago, um, and it's full-on electronic synth stuff. It's similar to Survive, who I recommended before and who did the do music for Stranger Things. Ah, so yeah. it, it's, it's full-on proper uh, electronic ah, synth. Fantastic. Um, one example of a track, and probably my favourite track, is Ryan Gosling in Space. <laughs> which, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd give that a whirl. So it's minimal minimal vocals, electronic synth. Nice. My top album is probably surprising nobody either. Uh, it's Petals for Armour by Hayley Williams. The um, first track off this, well, she did, she did a weird thing that kind of bothered me where she released this album in two halves and then went, yeah, I'm like a month later, dickhead. Uh, <laughs> 
Wow. And just give me the music. God. But the first track off the first half of the album, Simmer, just immediately got me. I was like, oh, this is this is fucking good. This is. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> Simmer's a great track. Absolutely. Anyone who disagrees track. is an idiot. An actual honest to goodness idiot. Yeah. How far do I go with it? <laughs> Take it all away. Oh, oh. Nice. Oh, you spilt a little bit, but mostly from shaking the can. Oh. Yes, yeah, so I was pretty much down for whatever Hayley Williams was Please. thinking of doing. It's very different because for those who don't know, she's the front lady of Paramore, and it's not like anything like a Paramore album. Like I wouldn't no, no. suggest if you enjoy Paramore that you would necessarily enjoy this. Um, no, it's more of a sort of art pop kind of experimental type situation but um Dirty cop. Yeah. there's not a single song on that album that i dislike which is surprising for me because there's usually at least one track that i'm like yeah i'll skip it this time so yeah that was my number one and it was good i think music this year has been difficult for me um yeah because i have a lot of the time just wanted to listen to the bends or pink like comforting <laughs> stuff yeah yeah there's been a lot the of bends, times comforting where, <laughs> no, but it is, it's, you've known it for years familiar yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. when i was uh, when the spotify wrapped thing came up it was like oh the top most uh, band you've listened to this year is paramore and i was like of course it is they haven't had an album yet but yeah, it's. Uh, I totally agree with you there. It has been definitely a year. I, I also, for... this is the year I got into Ghost mostly. Oh God, and you did! They have not had an album this year, so no. my Spotify and like, yeah, you like Ghost and Charlie Bliss, and I was like, yeah, that's that's <laughs> right, accurate. <laughs> Ghost are great though. They are. They are great. Um, well, there you go, everybody. There's some albums to check out if you fancy it, and also, as per usual, I'll be doing a Spotify playlist with our top tracks from those albums as well as some top tracks from our number six to ten albums as well because we thought we didn't want to spoil our top fives in this playlist so that's why i thought this I hopefully thought you've already seen the playlists and yeah. listened to them and got them in your yeah. ear holes and you know how good, good we are and now you know yeah. soaked in Arts some flamingo based yeah. tunes um <laughs> yeah I, I, he's number yeah. six Number six on my not a good album, though. It is. Shut up. I wasn't sure if I could really include it. Right, boys. Mm, boys. Do you want to do TV or movies? You want to do TV? Right, I'm going to throw it at Phil first. He wants to do TV. Hit him. All right. I'm going to start. Should we just keep the order going? All right, fine. All right. (laughs) My number five TV show of the year is I May Destroy You, um, which was a joint BBC and HBO show starring, created, directed, produced everything by Michaela Cole. One of the most weird and depressing TV shows I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. But I kept really needing to watch it as it went on. And it's a massive, um, like, just you you can't not, you can't fault her for anything in this at all. Mm. Um, It's like, I can't say I liked any of it or enjoyed any of it. I mean, you you need to spoil the first episode to know what it's about. But yes, she goes out, she gets raped. And then the rest of the series is about her dealing with her life based on her actual life and stuff that happened to her when she was working for Channel 4. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I think you talked to me about this on an episode in the past. Maybe. It might have been one with Phil. I can't nope. remember. Oh, okay. Nope. There was an episode that we did together uh, where you were talking about it, and I was like, I don't think I'm in the mood for that. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> I mean, there were definitely places where I couldn't. I couldn't binge it, and yeah, I'll uh, that. Mm. And I mean, I, I did watch it week by week. Yeah, I think one of the things for me is that, as well, and I'm, I'll spoil it slightly, but it's been around for like nine months. 
So skip a few minutes if you don't want to hear me. But I, and again, I can't say I like, but I aesthetically appreciate yeah. and the quality appreciate the fact that it also has a male yeah. being raped yeah. and going through a, not a similar storyline because the very two ways that the police oh, yeah, dealt they, with it they and the situations are very difficult. And the way that she deals with it is different almost episode to episode and the way that people deal with her when they maybe find out the truth or just the way she acts. like She's a very flawed human being in this whole thing. They're Absolutely. Kind of actually not on her side. Mm. You do think, what the fuck are you doing? Like, which is humanity, you know, for, yeah. for better or worse. And, yes, you know, she has fights with her, her friends and yeah. they fall out and it's not just this perfect support system and whatever and people don't believe her and then... yeah. That the ending and, and there's, there's even to me an episode where she kind of takes over the celebrity of being a victim yeah yeah which you don't know what people get accused of but this is not what she's saying actually happens at all but how it can come across like that and how you can get carried away within your own life of of playing up but it, it touches on the perils of social media yes, and death massive yeah. elements of family and friends and Strong stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I still don't think I'm in a place for it, but I probably will want, try to watch it eventually. It's not really, I think it's only about seven, eight episodes. Yeah, it's not the length that's concerning. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that. It's not like you've got to spend a week watching it. Yeah. I mean, at times as well, it's a comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dramedy at the very least. And, and, and surreal as well. I think that yeah. episode is yeah. definitely obviously surreal with multiple timelines and. And things. I mean, I think it's probably higher than five for me in a realistic world. Yeah. Phil's alluding to the fact that we had to collude about our tops before the uh, no, start of the show. Collusion. <laughs> it's just, you know. So that we didn't repeat too much. What's your number five, Phil? I am. Um, I'm going to go for Dave. Dave? Dave. I don't know. It's a show about rapper. Yeah. So it's an FXX show about um, essentially about Little Dicky. Okay. who's uh, a white Jewish comedy rapper. Um, and it's made by him and Jeff Schaefer, who did The League. Um, and it's kind of an exaggerated storyline of how he got into the, the genre and thing. But with the character of himself, takes it a lot seriously, more seriously mm-hmm. and thinks he's going to be the world's greatest rapper. And the, the, <laughs> the, the raps that he creates aren't... He gets compared to like Lonely Island and he's like, no, no, I'm a serious rapper. I've just got a small penis and he kind of talks about these things. It's like, I'm not going to go out and talk about, you know, shooting men in the hood kind of thing because I'm white and Jewish and and he raps about these sort of things. And it's got some quite touching moments and some surreal moments um, with the ups and downs of this man trying to fit in. And then like the last episode, the first nine minutes are all one rap about him going to prison and everything that happens to him in there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's quite touching and quite funny, and he can actually rap. That's good because it would be a pretty terrible show if he couldn't. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to make comparisons, but it, it surprised me that it's on FXX, which is the same channel do Atlanta, because yeah. it's quite a similar storyline, but from a but more comedy white slant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I think I saw a trailer for that, and it didn't do it any favors, and thought, nah. It's like a trailer. I mean, an advert. It's a TV show. It's not a trailer. It's a trailer. Yeah, that's all I've got to say on that because I haven't seen it. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, my number five was Close Enough, which is a cartoon made by the dude behind Regular Show. Quintel. Thank you. I'd forgotten his name. 
the dude behind regular show, JG Quintel, who uh, it's basically about a couple sort of trying to deal with growing up and having a kid and having to put sort of their mad, you know, younger lives behind, but also not really wanting to let go of that. Um, and there's a lot of sort of fairly surreal hijinks that they get into in and around the sort of parenting sphere, if that makes any sort of sense. don't know. You, You've seen it. You're missing it. out one of the most important parts of this show. Jason Manzoukis exactly. is in it. Right now, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he does the voice of a very but hairy their, man. Their best friends who also live in their house with them are played by Kimiko Glenn and Jason Manzoukis. Yes. What more? And the character Zoukis. He's very Zooks. Yeah. It looks like him. Yeah, he's a very hairy man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just really funny and quite sweet and daft and surreal. And surreal, and, definitely surreal. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, you know, if you've seen regular show, you've got a rough yeah. idea of the sort of level of nonsense it's working on. But um, it's just an enjoyable watch. And it's, it's on Netflix just now. just appeared on Netflix the past couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah, so it's easy to watch. There you go. Cool. Back to you, bruv. My number four is, and I don't know how much talking we need to do about this, but we might, and everyone's watched it, it's Mandalorian. Oh, that was my number two. Yeah. It's my number one, I think. Oh, I ruined it. It's, it's fine. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it. No, talk about it now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, talk about it. Mandalorian, innit, bruv? Like, innit, bruv? Yeah. Season one come out this, what, wherever it was, March April? March, yeah. when we finally got Disney Plus. And season two was finished literally today, so mm-hmm. that timestamps when we're recording this. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it's the Baby Yoda show, isn't it? Like, oh, he's my worst, it? least favorite part of it. Piss he off could get to Phil. fuck. He could fuck off oh, with a Jedi. I was so, so glad he got killed in this last episode. <laughs> oh, and that Darth Vader turned out to be his dad. It yeah. was Endor um, all along. <laughs> it uh, no, shut up, Phil. He's so cute when he keeps trying to play with that little ball on the ship. Uh, he hid in a vase at one point and then he popped his little head out like. Oh, it's so folks. Yeah, genocide. It's not genocide. Oh, it's not genocide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's eggs, man. Eggs, Have you eggs, never eggs, eaten eggs. an egg? Eggs is great. <laughs> Gina Carano You're hates left wingers people. Uh, yeah, I'll have to sort of pretend that I don't know that about her when she's in it. Timmy Oliphant was good in it, that one big episode. He was. He's goodies. I like him. Is it Jan? Who's the. I always forget his name. Who's Who was the bad bloke? Werner Herzog. No. Jan Michael Vincent. No, the one that's in Breaking Bad and... Oh, Giancarlo. That's Spacito. the one. That's oh, the one. Cool. Yeah, Moff Gideon. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I always like him. He's you mean um, Pierce's stepbrother at Community? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the only non-evil role he's ever played in his life. <laughs> but I like that the first season it was like a, a kind of Western yeah. and yeah. his second one's leaned more into Star Wars mm. and the mm. sci-fi element of it. What I like is the fact that there's episodes that, that sort of dip into different genres. So, like, whilst the first season was a bit more Western, they also had that one that was very clearly, like, a heist. Yeah. Where they have to, like, break into a ship and bust out a thing. Some of the bitch I'm in. That yeah, one. yeah, that's and, the one. And was your favourite episode of the Spiders? Absolutely my fact. I mean, I was lucky with that episode because Rich had already watched it and texted me and said, be careful with this, yeah. Um, so I was and careful with it. Barry, and um, he didn't watch it at all. Barry didn't watch it at all, and he's doing a fucking whole podcast about the show, and he hasn't even watched that episode. What is he like? Um, Fair the thing I like about this is sort of that it's like Star Wars, but not really. Because as but we discovered really earlier, Star Wars nobody the I think the first season, you didn't need to know anything about Star Wars to appreciate it. This season's got a bit more. Yeah. It has. But you don't need to. No, yeah. no. It's not like going to watch the um, Rise of the Skywalker and there's a bit of fucking Fortnite at the watch beginning. Watch one. Or something from a fucking comic what book. What are we watching? 
Never heard of it. Sorry, no. Yeah, no, exist. it doesn't exist. Um, you mean Reddit? The Reddit movie by Reddit? Yeah, I think it, I think it exists in the same universe that the um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull does. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, because the because as we all know, I've got a terrible memory, and that is mostly why I've never dipped into sort of like extended universe Star Wars stuff, like all the cartoons and the comics and the books and stuff. Um, I just can't be asked. So I was watching this with the anticipation that I was going to watch an episode and be like, I don't get it, and move on with my life. Um, but as like you say, the first season in particular was very much just like this is the story that you need to care about. Yeah, and so, I think as well though, it's always that's do a few nods to stuff that if you know, you appreciate and go, hey, but it doesn't ruin it yeah. when you don't know it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think. So I'm not going to spoil it, obviously, because it literally happened today. But I don't think the end of this episode that was a thing was something that would have bothered me not knowing. No. Like, if you hadn't told me what it was afterwards, I wouldn't be like, oh, no, I didn't know this. Like, it was, I was fine. I think there's bits in it, it reminds me a bit of like Rogue One, where there was some bits where you go, oh, that's that guy from that film. But if you don't know, he's just some black walking past. Yeah, so it's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think it's phenomenal. And I, like, I have to take my hat off to Ludwig Jorensen. Because the score work on the show is phenomenal, and the fact that they do like he does like a, a whole score for every episode rather than just like here's twenty themes you can use, like it's just good lord. Yeah, they're um, not variations on the same theme, are they? Yeah, um, just phenomenal stuff. And I it's, do like anything so nice. No, go see a Star Wars. <laughs> we can't this year. All the cinemas are closed, we and are. there isn't a new one. Mandalorian. Did, um, did you not go and see Wonder Woman 1984 yesterday then? Oh, uh, all the closed cinemas. The one cinemas cinema in, in London, London it was on. Yeah. Oh, in stupid. London? <laughs> um, Could go on to Liverpool and watch it, I suppose. I'm surprised this isn't higher up your list, actually, because I yeah, think it's phenomenal. But anyway, there we go. That was your number four. Yeah. So, Phil. My default number four will be Upload. Never even heard of it, mate. Just the Amazon Prime. It's Amazon Prime one with Arrow's brother. What's his name? Robbie Ammo. Robbie Ammo. The Amel, other Ammo. The, <laughs> the other Ammo. Li- liquid Ammo. Nitral. Ammo nitrate? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's about this bloke that. Oh, well, I can't remember now because it was like the start of lockdown. Um, he's <laughs> either like in. He got uploaded. Yeah. Next yeah, yeah. So. Done. Upload, download. I do that all day. Um, <laughs> so he's either engaged or married to this woman. And then he dies. <laughs> Always met a woman. He might even spoke to it's a woman. It's his sister. <laughs> Who knows? It's definitely not, because that's not allowed. Um, so, yeah, and then he dies. Um, and she's from, like, a rich family, and he's not. And she uploads his consciousness into a virtual oh, like a virtual cemetery kind of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. where oh. he's just basically just waiting for her to die so they can get together in the afterlife. That's fucking grim, mate. But she's a cunt, basically. <laughs> Um, and he falls in love with one of the workers at this like cyber afterlife okay. who's there and she she visits him every day and she looks after him and it's there's lots of fun and capers and japers. It is a comedy. Yes. Okay. It okay. is a comedy. I was I'm too hung up on the idea that like how old is this because Robbie Amell's not old is he no no no, he gets killed yeah yeah. so this is the thing that I'm hung up on is the idea that any person like I would like to think if I pop my clogs now that 
in a couple of, like you grieve me for a, a you know a, year, a good year and then like i don't know hopefully find someone else and be happy in that but this, this <laughs> is the point this is highlighting why she's so much of an idea and, yeah, and, like, and the idea person. that it'd be like stay stay stay, 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 stay just wait stay, until i'm dead stay, stay, stay. it's not real you've not seen the sheriff so don't comment on what it might have not um, no that's what, what i was saying was is that's what i was hung up on I was hung up on that yet. thing in my brain of like ah. But I think that's basically the same point he's at, and it's like so I've got to, I've got to wait here for you to just, live out your whole life, yeah. and it turns out you're just a bitch. Good stuff. It sounds weird. It's funnier than I make it sound, but <laughs> it I'm was sure like great. seven months ago that I watched it. Yeah, I think I did a similar thing last year where I was like, oh yeah, there's this program that I've watched, but it was in January and I don't remember it, so let's move on. I enjoyed it at the time. And I will watch season two if it gets one. <laughs> That's high praise indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. It wasn't a waste Sometimes of my time. I'll get halfway through a show and I'll go, I won't watch season two of this shit. <laughs> and then we still watch the rest of the first half season no. just because. I give up on shows now quite easily. Shall I talk about my number four? Go for it. It's Lovecraft Country, baby. I was, this one was a weird one for me because I have many a time tried to read. Lovecraftian things, and his style of writing just doesn't about that song? jibe with me at all. Lovecraft, baby, <laughs> the Lovecraft. Yeah, um, I can't, I can't get behind his style of writing. And then after I tried a lot, because I thought this seems like the kind of stuff I'd be into, like old spooky supernatural monsters and whatnot, and space and that. But um, then I realised also that he's a massive, he's a massive racist. racist. So yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to just stop trying to get into Which this. Which is the want of the times, though. I, I mean, I suppose, but it doesn't mean I have to support it now. No, not at all. <laughs> um, so I was a bit concerned when they sort of announced this and they done an advert for it because I thought what, mm, they're, they're, it's, I just don't know if it's going to be good is it going to translate like uh, but actually it's like super phenomenal well, it um, was Jamdra Hams and Peel wasn't it it was what JJ Abrahams oh okay Jamdrahams okay that's what you've said yeah um, and I think because I think it's not based on a Lovecraft book is it? it's based no, on a book not. about that sort of stuff from someone yeah. else who I've forgotten the name of. <laughs> I've had too much mold cider. Um, Lovecraft didn't call his own book Lovecraft Country. You might have done. I don't know. But I did know. I did know. That's why I said it. Um, but I think uh, the the casting in it was great. Jonathan Majors was, like, amazing as the sort of main dude. Um, and I, I liked the sort of semi-episodic nature of this as well. Like, it was very similar to The Mandalorian to me in the sense that, like, there was like an episode that was like a sort of almost Indiana Jones-esque pulp adventure and there was another one that was like a full-on haunted house and there was yeah. another one that was like more of a sort of history drama. Well, I think apart from like the first two and the last two, obviously there's a connective thread and storyline yeah. throughout it all, but it's very, it's almost anthology-like mm. and it's like they each deal with a different kind of Lovecraftian monster and yeah. then it gets to the time and space my, and world. My part. problem with this show is every episode is an hour. Yes. Not 40 minutes. Well, I think fucking hour. The first episode, I text, oh, you after, I text you after 35 minutes, what the fuck's, is anything ever going to happen? And as soon as I've been <laughs> text, as soon as I text you, like, the monster's but there's, I, I feel like there's too many episodes where that's the first 10, 20% of the episode is a bit dull. I felt the last two were the weakest of the whole thing. Yeah. And it kind of dragged. See, I really liked the last episode, but, but more... The no, point it left on that. Been one episode, I I, yeah, I felt like I enjoyed yeah. the point <clears throat> they got to rather than the journey they took to get there, if that yep. makes sense. Yep. So I'm excited to see more if they make more. 
yeah, I just think it was a really good. There were a couple of episodes as well where the soundtracks were really good. Yeah. I like um, the way it it was obviously set in a period of time, but it had modern music alongside yeah, it. It, it wasn't worked. beholden to that period. Yeah, um, yeah, it just took me by surprise. I wasn't anticipating that I was going to enjoy it, and uh, to me, it was very sort of similar in tone to like Watchmen of last year. Yeah, yes. um, very, uh, not as good as Watchmen, I think. To me, no, I don't think it was but... quite as good either. But um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Cool. Ricardo. Number Tress. We. No, number three show of the year is Devs, which is slightly cheating because it came out eight years ago, I think. Um, <laughs> it sorry. does. Sorry, your, your show is what? Devs. Devs? Yeah. You mean Day? No, Devs. Day. Devs. Day. Devs. Okay, because they're developers. Why is he saying Day? I don't get it. Because it's the Roman for V. Yeah. It's oh. So it's you Day. You watched the show. Yeah, I know I did. And do you know what his last project was? Oh, no, last, oh, fuck that. Two projects ago was Ex Machina. So you've got Day, Ex Machina. Uh, well, but yeah, it was my number three as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was my number sort of five, technically, before the collusion. <laughs> um, some, some devs create some technology. That Dev helps. Patel. Yeah, Dev Patel. Dev at the Coronation Street. Um, and the bloke called Dev. Um, Ruin the joke there. Mm-hmm. Can't think of any more devs. Um, and then it's been a while. Like a, it, the technology helps them go back in time. Alice and Pills there. Alice and Pills in it. Oh, we're good. Some people I've never known before, but they're all really good in it. Yeah. Um, Ron Swanson's in it. But yeah, I, I like the fact that Hoff, um, Hoffman was a serious character for yeah. once and not, you know, not a comedy yeah. character. Yeah, I'm in the same space as you, where I know I really enjoyed this, but I can't quite grasp it in my memory because it does feel like it was 3,000 years ago. It was at a point of lockdown, I think, I watched it, where I thought this will be over in a couple of weeks. Yeah, where we all thought, oh, by July, (laughs) or whatever. But it's that proper, you know, Alex Garland, big scale sort of sort of TV series. And it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, and it's like you see the earlier posters and images where Hoffman's there with his Jesus beard and he's got the the halo above him. Yeah. And it plays into the whole Messiah complex later. Mm. And... Oh, yeah, because it starts off with thinking that they're just doing it to do it, and then you find out the reasons for people doing stuff, and it yeah. entirely changes the whole fucking thing. Yeah. It does have a giant creepy girl statue in it, though. Yeah. Mm, didn't like that. But, and again, I like the fact it's going to be a done-in-one. There's not going to be yeah. a, a second series to it. It set out, it did what it was going to do. And, again, the soundtrack, I can't remember if it was Jem, Jeff Barrow or if it was Ben Salisbury, one of the two of them. But, again, the, the, the music to that one, mm. the score to that, very deep and sci-fi to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was one of those things that, again, it was like, I wasn't sure. And then Rich said... All of them. And the insects. And uh, Rich said to me, "Um, it's by the guy who did Annihilation. And I was like, oh, I'm in. I'm so in. Because Annihilation was fucking phenomenal. And I'm still annoyed that that didn't come out of the cinema. Because dicks. Dicks. Um, But devs, yeah. Good one, Rich. Well done. Phil. Uh, mine have been covered or was, are going to be covered, so was, we'll was move three. on to you. Okay, so I'm, I'm up to my three now, aren't I? Uh, it's How To with John Wilson. Which is my number two. <laughs> uh, How To with John Wilson is a thing that Rich said, Stace, do you want to watch this? And I was like, I don't know, what is it? And I then never he said, I just put it on one day. And No, you, t- you told me about it beforehand and you said, Does it have gas You said, do it? you want to watch it with me? And I said, what is it? And you said, Nathan Field is involved. And I went, yeah, all right then. Okay. <laughs> um, but he's not. Well, he Did they say how for now? No, sorry. Oh, gas tops in it. Yeah. <laughs> Sold. Um, how to with John Wilson is a sort of 
documentary style it's an instructional show about how to do things with a guy called John Wilson. And it's so difficult to describe because it's real fucking weird, but it's also stupidly funny. Like, there's a sequence where, for no real reason, he just films a man on the subway who's tied a loaf of bread to a rail. We don't know why. Um, but it's great. It's the first just... episode about how to put up scaffolding. Well, that was the second one. And he somehow ends up at a convention in Vegas or something weird with scaffolders. Yeah. And then there's one but about... he gets kicked out for filming. <laughs> what is the one about where he ends up at a referee meeting? Uh, where it's how to split the bill properly at a restaurant. And he ends up thinking about how, how fair and even like referees and ends up at this weird referee thing and he finds out that's a bit fixed. So oh I think this is the, the one out of your two lists I haven't heard of. Oh. But it, you can tell why Nathan Fielder's the producer on this gotcha. and how he got yeah. this made, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, it's a hundred percent like if you're not in after the first couple of minutes that yeah. you're not gonna enjoy it. But I found it wildly funny. It's just, there's one where he's I think it was how to improve your memory where he ends up at a Mandela effect conference. <laughs> And somebody's just asking there about how how do they how does the internet is it crystals? Yeah. Is that what they do? Is it crystals? And like everything. And someone just in bananas. essence goes, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is just a load of crystals. Just pff, the internet. Um it's and then so at the end weird. Of that, he goes he goes around changing the spelling of Febreze on bottles. Yeah. To freak people out <laughs> who Yeah. Remembered the wrong spelling. It is so bizarre. I mean, because this is your number two, I'm sure you've got more to say about no, it I'm, than I've me. Said about I feel it. like he's just signed up to do a sitcom with Emma Stone, hasn't he? Oh. Nathan Fielder. That's I did not, not know that. Work. That's not going to be a real show, is it? <laughs> well, that oh. could be the joke. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's And really if, if you've got 10 minutes, watch on Nathan Fielder's oh, YouTube God. channel. <laughs> there's a bit of a mini documentary about how they got this show made. Now we helped John get it made. Mm-hmm. Watch that. Okay. Before yeah. or after or either? Okay. Yeah, I don't think it matters. It won't spot. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know. There you go. So that was your number two as well. Yeah. So we're back to Phil. No, because it's the yeah. score, Richard. So we'll one, get to so. your number one. Your number two is Mandalorian. Oh, well, my number two is Mandalorian. So my number one, I wasn't sure that this was going to count and I wasn't originally going to put it in I don't know how there. it's not a TV show. Um, because it's only three episodes and it felt more like a Netflix special to me than anything else. But it's Middle Ditch and Schwartz. And the reason that I pick it is because it's really fucking funny. He's going to fuck me up a bit on her. And is he going to fuck me up a little bit on her? I, <laughs> I, the, the, oh God, 2020, man, has been a nightmare. And so things that make you laugh are great. And this, I mean, we watched the first episode, which is like um, an improvisation about a wedding. Um, we watched it the other day, didn't we? And that might have been, I think I worked it out in my head as the eighth time I've watched it since it came out in March. And I still laugh at all the jokes. Yeah. Um, it's still very I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out who you oh, are later. Okay. Um, it's just like oh, Ben Schwartz and Thomas Middleditch just work together so well. Like I'm not normally one for improv comedy because it can go like horribly wrong. Um, I mean, it's no big deal when Skinner unplanned. I've never seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> but I think I've ever watched anything before where they're trying to do something with it. Is yeah, it like a house, Whose lines is it anyway? Style of, here's a couple of jokes. Mm. They, they're not trying to do that at all. It's like a long form yeah, actual scene. Like, yeah. Um, I like swap into the characters and the role was bunks themselves. Oh, and they're, they're it's losing amazing, track of I, I never got confused, but no. they do. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't think I know who my girlfriend is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's just like it's one of those things that as soon as coronavirus is no longer a concern i really hope they tour this yeah, in the uk yeah, i yeah. will go to every date and just shout things <laughs> I, no i would no i don't want them no. to talk to me that's scary um i mean i would I would love to have Ben Schwartz on the show, but I don't think but I could even say words. My favourite to come out of this was when we found out in real life short Paul was the officiate at their oh wedding. Oh, my God, the at end. the wedding. And the photo is so good. Short Paul. I mean, that bit when he jumps up on the chair he and starts swinging his legs yeah. like he's short Paul. He's, it's just so, so funny. I, mean, I think for me, the point when the alien in the cupboard and it comes out <laughs> and it wants to eat the <laughs> child. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I was in tears at that when he starts eating the boy. What is that one supposed to be? What do you mean? That's, That's a like, lawyer. Oh, that's a law school. It's still at law school yeah. the last day before the <laughs> exam. Just, Suddenly there's an alien in the closet. <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, it's just, it cracks me up. To, I'll probably watch it again. Yeah. Like, we need to watch all three of them again. Sure, will be off that. So, yeah, that's my okay. number one. Bit, so, Bittle, Middle D and Schwartz. If we're going to talk about shows that are stupidly rewatched. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to mention Auntie Donna's big old house of fun. Auntie Donna's big old house. That's in my list. We've watched the whole show twice. We have. It's only been out since I have October. watched Morning Brown at oh least 35 times. What the fuck is Morning Brown? <laughs> Morning Brown. Morning Coffee Brown. Fuck. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I wish That's I could do, I wish I could do the square joke, but you can't. It's not Don't visual. be such a. Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, it's so I just, funny. I, I knew this was a show for me, and I think so it's funny. the first episode, might be the second, when Zach runs into his room and tears down the poster of Mark, <laughs> then Broden was then Mark was <laughs> it. And then the poster lady tears Tears-tears down the poster of the three of them. Oh, no, it's just, it, that show is, um, I, I recommended it on an episode of Stace and Barry, and then almost immediately somebody messaged me and said, what the fuck did I just watch? I was like, I yeah. In the morning brain song, <laughs> yeah. it's like, you're too busy fucking... <laughs> Just fucking switches. Oh, I, I mean, well, that's one I mean, of the that's things. the first song in the first Everything's episode. Everything's a drum. When he's like, it's not drumming. He's like, I left my wife. <laughs> well, it's, no, it's, for me, it's the bit where it's like, everything's a drum, and then just smashes his hand through the wall, and it comes out all bloodied. It's when Jerry Seinfeld shows up that I'm crying. <laughs> I can't believe they've got Jerry Seinfeld in it. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Amazing, um, yeah, phenomenal show. Literally, I'd never heard of them before. No, 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 yeah. yeah, no. Uh, the, uh, well, I You'd technically had... you listen to them on CBB, but I had Yeah, there was an episode of Comedy Bang Bang, because obviously Scott Ackerman yeah. has produced... Um, produced the show and so he had them on comedy bang bang like the, i think it was the week before yeah. it came out on netflix and uh, mark did his uh oh i'm a medallion i, I pulled my, my pants i fuck my cousin <laughs> then he found his mom it's he's like heritage. what are you talking about <laughs> you've just put pizza in a chinese box <laughs> I love the the skit as well where Broden said Ellen DeGeneres. That's, that's wonderful. Now look inside the car. Um, I could go on all day. This was like last year when we were talking about I think you should leave, and me yeah. and you just named all of the skits. Respect to the cow door. You ain't nearly before. But, I love um, the cow door. Stick them up your codgers. <laughs> Egg Helms. Egg Helms. I don't find him funny, but that part yeah. really made me laugh. Oh. Have you seen the outtakes of that when Zach's like, but you, you, I'm not saying I'm, an, well, I am an egg, but I'm not an egg. And he's like, yeah, but you've got arms. Eggs don't have arms. <laughs> it's like they're all throwing the ball at each other. Like, 
Oh, God. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. That, was that your number one? Yes. That, yeah. That was my okay. number one. It wasn't my number one, but it was high in my top three. Well, it was six in my list, but uh, yeah, I mean, one, it could bounce Mando. around. Mando. Mando. Yeah. Ah, there we go. And also, we have watched the Auntie Donna skit of too much Pud. Christmas food. Christmas food. Every day, at least Ooh, once. I really will be more food than that, mate. You'll be more food. <laughs> oh, you cheeky Maybe boys and love that, mate. Getting the couch ready. I'll be in Noddy Land by two. Cheeky boy, getting <laughs> me hair <boy>. cut. <laughs> oh, God, I love that show. It's so good. We watched. I have um, a lot of skits on YouTube from previous years that are brilliant. Yeah, well. we were watching one the other day, weren't we, where it was like a. Zach was playing like a Scottish guy trying to get a voice <laughs> command on his game, uh, like his console. He said, No, back! No, games! for like 10 full minutes. <laughs> Is that one of those ones like, don't get in the kill? <laughs> it's just the teacher telling these kids, don't get in the kill. And they walk in the kill. It's like, no! <laughs> oh, I love everything about it. House of It's fun. great. I'm going to top myself up with some cider before we do our movies. Fair enough. Because I'm enjoying it. Yeah, very, you know, oh, early it. mighty boosh. Yeah. That's a real yeah. level of just stupidity. Oh, Absolute that. not. The second series of Mighty Boosh is garbage. That's the problem because they got really famous, didn't yeah. they? First one is pretty funny. Yeah, no, see which No, show. definitely not. I shouldn't have picked this. I don't know why I didn't pick some that was fun. I was like, I'll have some that plain. Ruined it. Ruined it. Talk amongst yourselves, lads, because I'm not going to be bothered to edit. Christmas time, silent. Night. Oh, please don't. Oh, the orange slices don't fit in my dress. That's fine. You don't need to have orange slices. Sad times. That's my favourite Paramore song. <laughs> I'm going to get some Sour Patch Kids. Maybe I'll Ooh, yeah. Stick them in your mulled wine. You and smoke Sour Patch Kids beer. I have a search for that. Well, when we start our own brewery, you know, never. Uh, what would be three cheese? It's not going to spoil that. <laughs> Right, there we go. There we go. Get some Sour Patch Kids down yeah. Clank your chest. That's why I got my phone out. Movies. Movies, isn't movies. it? Movies. So we talked about our favourite Alien Farm songs. Because yeah. it is movies. No, it's my favourite oh, Alien Farm song. It's a movie. Recipe production. Fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> so Don't put them on my movies list. I can't see Those them. Those moving pictures. Who's still going to get them now? You can still get them. They're still... Oh, we shouldn't eat these on here. Is it new ASMR section? Oh, <laughs> angry lad. Oh, yeah, it's making me dribble too much. <laughs> oh, Lord. Won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? Right, what then. What was I doing? I don't know. Movies. I was taking that out. I'm talking about that one. Okay. Number no, five, um, so Give me a Hang on. Give me a minute. Recipe like for seduction. Oh, yeah. Number five is recipe for seduction. It's number five to zero. Don't even joke about how... It's got Mario Lopez as Colonel Sanders. Harlan Sanders. All that film succeeded in doing was making me want a KFC. Horny for chicken. I was actually thinking, briefly, I had I flirted with the idea of ordering some chicken to go with our mac and cheese. Oh. <laughs> that would have been good, though, wouldn't it? Right. Yes. Go on. My Don't eat the sour patch. film of the year is a body horror film called Swallow, mm-hmm. which stars Hayley Bennett and Austin Stowell. And Dennis O'Hare's in it, I think. Like, um, I don't remember who that is. Yeah, you do. 
Um, which, in essence, is about a woman who I think is just bored of her life, isn't she? Really, mm-hmm. she, like harm we all. Lives, she's married, you know, she's a bit of a housewife, kind of traditional household. So she starts just swallowing things just to feel something. Like dirt, like batteries, stuff, um, pins, yeah, pins, stuff knives. that she finds in the vac. Combine harvester. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then it gets quite weird from there. Does and she that, swallow a cop car? She doesn't, she doesn't swallow, swallow a, cop a cop car or a recipe for seduction. I'm so glad that Phil just wrote cop car in my book because I was wondering if somebody was actually going to do it. What are you doing, Stage? I'm taking a little photo of the podcasting. So what's the comeuppance of her swallowing? They all think she's mental. Which she probably is. Have stuff done to her. And he wants to get her pregnant and she's like, I don't want any of this. Okay, that I agree with. So, yeah, but I don't really spoil anything in it. Yeah. But it's a body horror. Yes, definitely. Is it? Yeah. Shit starts happening to her. Yeah, but, okay. Maybe I'm just misunderstanding what a body horror is because when I think body horror I think like John Carpenter's the thing no that's just a horror <laughs> you know where nightmare things come out of bodies and no yeah okay alright alright I've, right. I've learnt my lesson my number five Phil um, what am I going to go for I'm going to go for the platform the platform I don't think I've even heard of this yeah, you've seen it have I yeah so I think it, this would have been a lot higher on my list any year that it at all. That's, you probably don't like it then I think it would have been higher in a list that a certain other film hadn't come out yet. But it's very much like a class war thing, but in a way that's similar to Cube. So a bloke wakes up in like a prison um, and the prison, he's there with on one side of the room and there's a guy on the other side of the room. And in the middle, there's a platform that just goes from the top floor down to the bottom floor. That was this year? Yeah. <laughs> Feels like a million years ago. And it comes down with food. Yeah. And obviously the people at the top of the prison, the top of the social standing, mm. they get as much food as they want in that time. So the people that are at the very bottom of the social structure get very little food. And it's about this guy trying to make his way up. Or, you know, he gets on the platform to go all the way down <laughs> in order to go back up again. And it's a very thing about socioeconomic levels and people and greedy men. Mm-hmm. I don't remember whether or not I liked it. I think you thought it was all right. I remember it now that you've said it, but I think the fact that I'd completely forgotten it briefly is... Well, you didn't rate it. Oh. You, Richard, gave it three. Yeah, I think my issue with it was it was a bit like um, someone shaking it in the face with its themes. A little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I think that's why it was lower than a certain other film. But, um, yeah, similar vibes that fitted very much into this 2020 structure. Yeah, yeah. Coincidentally as well. Yes. Yeah. Mexican or Spanish? can't remember. Possibly Spanish. I know it's Spanish. It was called El Foyo. Ah. So. <laughs> Fair. I feel that's like a gammoned way of pronouncing it for some reason. Indeed. <laughs> Stace, you're My number five. number five was Black Bear. Hmm. Which, wait, why you... Hmm. Hmm. You, you, you did a sarcastic hmm then, rather than an agreeable hmm. Carry on talking about Black Bear. Um, so Black Bear is a film that we watched very recently that stars Aubrey Plaza and Christopher Abbott and Sarah Gaydon. And I'll be honest, I'm not 100% sure I fully understood what was happening in the film in terms of the way that it sort of switches in the middle. But everybody in it brought their real A-game. Mm-hmm. It's a real sort of tense, thrillery type emotional manipulation type story 
I don't even really know what to say about it because it's fairly new, so I don't want to spoil it too much. But also, like I say, I feel like I need to I need to watch it again to really fully appreciate it. I think I might hate it if I watch it again because it doesn't work. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure what the first half is doing compared to the second. Well, to me, <laughs> if the first half of the film was the film they were making in the second half, yeah. I'd understand it more. Yes, the boy did the roles switch. That's what I don't the role understand. Didn't switch is a different story. Well, it is, but it sort of isn't. It's partly the same story. No, it's not. They're not, it's not pregnant. It's never crashes and dollies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. I'm not sure it works. If I watch it again, it might fall apart. Well, I thought it was great. I'm scared to watch it again now you've said that, though, in case I do watch it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it has fallen entirely apart. But, um, yeah, it was one of those films that I was, like, very... I paid a lot of attention to it, if that makes sense. Like, there's a lot of films this year that I've watched that I've enjoyed enough, but, like, I didn't mind checking Twitter and having a fanny on Pokemon Go or whatever. Whereas this, I was, like, paying a lot of attention to this because it was very well done. She's phenomenal. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but she's She's my main reason for watching it, let's face it. Absolute, like... If you, you could give her an Oscar for that, I but think. But Christopher Abbott, who's now been in three films I've seen this year, and I've never heard of him. Does before. she wear yeah. a suit in it? No. Oh. No, but she does wear a swimsuit, a belted red swimsuit. She looks much better in a suit, though. Yeah, yeah. She does look better in a yeah. suit. That is the like one thing that I liked about Happiest, um, Happiest season. season, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yes, that was my number five. Rich? My number four is easily the best Adam Sandler film ever made. <laughs> Hubie oh, Halloween. Right, right, let's get started with this. Hubie Halloween is the greatest film ever made, right? Because his mum is played by June. Squ- no. I got confused for a second there and I fucking worked it out. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of discourse about this film this year and last year, and it's Uncut Gems and it's brilliant and it's Adam Sandler shaking at you for two hours. Yep. I ain't got a lot else to say about it that's not been discussed. I'm going to be entirely honest, but it's fucking brilliant. I love it. Yeah, I hated it. It's one of the yeah, worst films of the year for me. I get a feeling Phil rated this quite highly as well. I did, yeah. I think this would be three in my actual... It's probably like one of the most claustrophobic films I've ever yeah, seen as well. definitely. Alongside uh, Mother or Midsummer or something, it's that. Yeah. But it's very intense, and I'm not a big fan of him usually, but it's very human and very flawed and fallible. Mm. I see. I, I don't know. Where, like, I feel like I watched a whole different film because when I was looking on Letterboxd after we watched it, like all of the reviews, like, oh my god, how claustrophobic, how anxiety-inducing, how intense. I was just cross the whole way through because I was like, everybody, just take your volume level down a bit and talk like normal humans. It's just shouting for two hours straight. It didn't feel claustrophobic to me. It just made me mad that I was wasting my time on it. That's something like really, I'm, that's your point. I really <laughs> disliked it. It was just like... You're not the I, only one. I felt like he couldn't act around those weird teeth he was wearing either. Um, I think the teeth stopped him doing his normal voice. Yeah. I don't think he can act generally, to be fair, but... No. His normal weird voice, where if the character isn't someone successful, he's got a problematic accent. Yeah, it just it weren't for me. Well, it's not for you, Stace. Like not it. poor Stacey. What did you the other day with Adam Sandler? Um, I don't know. Blended. That wasn't very good either. <laughs> Fair enough. But he talks normal in that. Phil. Phil. I'm going to go for Tenet next. Wow. Fuck it. Let's get stuck in there with wow. full on arms. <laughs> what? Fisting it right to the elbow, yeah, I think man. is what yeah, he was man. in. Hey. I'm on for controversy. It's I know that you two didn't like it. Okay. It's so- boring. I'm done. I've got nothing to say about here's, it. Th- here's the thing for me, because I haven't go, reviewed go, this go. on the show yet. The thing about Tenet for me is that the idea is phenomenal. The cinematography, fantastic. The score, spot on. 
the acting brilliant there's no personality or character or like a bit it's a very clinical we want to tell a story about time so yeah. this is what we're doing yeah there's no but people to that? care about well because I, I i need to care about someone in the film like the i didn't protagonist even doesn't have a name he doesn't have a name he doesn't have Much a personality, less a personality. The same with fight club the same woman, with several other films not necessarily the woman in this film as well exists only oh, to be abused. That, that's my flaw with it, yeah. Uh, and Fight Club definitely has a personality. It might not have a name. <laughs> yeah. I just felt like it was it was a very well-made film about what it wanted to be about, but I needed that I human think element that well to made. care. Oh, I know, good, I think the effects well are. Made. Well, okay. But I gave it a solid two and a half because I thought I can't rate it any lower because technically it's very good. Mm. I mean, I, I was bored out my I mind. I really enjoyed the concept of it and the way the the way it was filmed and the way the two times went alongside each other. Mm. I mean, I'm not a fan of his Batman films and so I think this was better than them. Um, as I say, the, the it's a very male gaze film as are most of Nolan's films. All the, of his the, films. The female character is... The treatment of her was, was ridiculous. But I think the, co- the concept and the robberous style... Nothing different. It. I don't agree Nothing with different that. to what all of his films, apart from the Batman films. Then that's what I'm like. Just get over it. Like he keeps playing with the way time is viewed in his films. And I'm yeah, at the point but I now, suppose like that's no. just his. Thing. Yeah, but I'm like, no, just... that's weird and boring. But compared to other films this year and other films that, yeah, if you put it alongside all of his time concept yeah. porn films, it's not the highest of the four or whatever. But. For this, it was, whereas obviously Inception was a heist film with a sci-fi core wrapped around it, I think this very much felt, obviously there was a heist element to it, but I liked the callbacks with who the characters became and who they were on in the other side. And then I liked the way that it had the, the chambers that led to it and the reverse film sections. And I'm glad that... I didn't necessarily see it in the cinema after a lot of people were like, it had been all right if I could hear any of the dialogue. <laughs> see, I, I didn't get that. I, I didn't get that. Did I you could see hear it in IMAX? I saw it in IMAX, yeah. A lot of people who didn't said you couldn't hear it. Okay. Which is a problem with how he's made that film. Fair enough, which is why he's kicking up such a fuss about yeah. Warner and, Brothers and doing everything. I get that as well. I'm only side on Dan even and also like it's insane what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. What's Putting all the films to HBO. Oh. Yeah. So you there's going to be a single cinema release no. next year. Oh, see, I thought it was a cinema release and... Yeah, yeah. but who's going to go to the cinema? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but no, I really enjoyed it, uh, but then again, time travel is my yeah. pornography. So, well, I was going to say, I mean, I, 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 wouldn't, time travel. I wouldn't judge anybody true. for... It sort of is. I wouldn't judge anybody for liking it. Like it is a like I say, it's a very well made film. But for me, I just needed that like human element to make me yeah. actually invested in it. it. And to me, like Inception, you you do care a bit about Leo and his kids, and you got the Michael Caine aspect. And mm. I think it's something that he tries harder than Interstellar, but fails. I think Interstellar is a very flawed film, but I enjoyed it more than Tenet. I think I liked in, in, about Tenet compared to those two is that he didn't try and make it about family and kids. Yeah, and you know, it's a guy that just. Oh, yeah, that. that's the thing. It's like if you're going to make it about something, it's like, oh, family and kids, I've got them, which is a bit a yeah. bit boring. Which is, again, why the, the concept of the female and the way she was treated didn't work. But it's just like Memento was a film where he played with the structure of it. He played with the structure of the film in Prestige. He played with the structure of the film in Inception, Interstellar, uh, Dunker. And you're past it now. I'm like, Chris, make a film again. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I could, yeah, I'm sort of in the middle of you two. I think I don't think I disliked it as much as you, but I definitely didn't like it as much as you. As a Chris Nolan film, to me, it's it's a one star film. As a Ooh. film by anyone else than you, it's probably a three star film. But. Yeah, and I think that that's the aspect I take it as. Yeah, are we? I've lost track of where we am yeah. and whatnot. Okay, so it's me and my number four. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with Relic. Now, this is a I mean, horror hereditary. film. Hereditary. It should be called Hereditary. It should be called Hereditary, but unfortunately couldn't be for, you know, obvious reasons. Um, this is a film by a, fe- by a female director with three ladies at the front of it. Um, it's good, this is. So it's it's a horror film that's sort of about dementia more than it is yeah. anything else. But the way it plays with that visually in terms of things like the house they're in sort of rearranging itself and things just not quite the way that you thought they were previously. And it very much plays with, like, memory and, yeah. And it's also sort of taken from the point of view of not just the person going through it, but also the people around them who are sort of steadily losing their loved one to this thing. It was very intensely creepy. I was, I was, it was, what like, it takes a lot to scare me in a film, which is ridiculous considering how much I'm actually fucking scared of in real life. But, like, even you were saying the other day, weren't you, that it's very rare that we'll watch a film together and I'll jump or I'll be like, oh, I'm freaked out. Whereas this, like, I was very much on the edge of my seat throughout a lot of sequences in it. And I just think the ending, I don't want to, I still don't want to give it away, even though it's been out for a while. So the ending kind of crashed the whole film. This is, yeah, you didn't like it, whereas I, I thought it was a really stunning way to end this film and not the way I think most people would have ended it. To me, it's... It felt very maternal. I think no, only a female director could have done it. slightly okay. like, like Hereditary, where I've watched one film and the last little bit is almost from a different film. Mm. And, so that was why I liked Hereditary. Yeah, but then it makes it explicit and I'm like, that's not the film I was watching or cared for. And I think in Relic, it does exactly that. Uh, see, yeah, I didn't. it didn't feel that way to me. It felt... Maybe it's a woman thing, it's like I don't know. It's like the ending of Babadook I like because it's nothing overt about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The yeah. performances were good in this, in Relic, yeah. and it, it, it's it got a good atmosphere, and it's mostly set inside someone's house. Yeah. It has scenes where people get lost inside a house they know pretty well, which is most people's, like, nightmare, nightmare. isn't it? Okay. Especially oh, yeah, there was one bit that really reminded me of, do you remember P.T., the uh, terrifying demo of... Um, yeah. Who's, oh, what was the name of the guy who did it? Um, was that the thing they had on Game Grumps? Yeah, where they, oh, they yeah. keep going round and round yeah, that yeah, one yeah. corridor. The game that never got published. Game. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was phenomenal. And I think it's one of these things, though, that obviously it's what I would call mental health horror. And I think if you're not into that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, if you're not into yeah. that, you won't like this. Okay. But I love the Babadook and I loved this as well. So, yeah, yeah. that's my number four. Talking about people with mental health, uh, my number three is The Lighthouse. <laughs> well. David Eggers' follow-up to the, the Vich. I think a lot of people this have probably had uh, this discussed and know what it's about, but in essence, Robert Pattinson is a lighthouse keeper. Well, he goes for a job as a lighthouse keeper, working with uh, Willem Um <laughs> And things get fucking weird. Yeah. There's, yep. there's jizz in this film. It's very um, intense, yeah. anti. Yeah, it is. I don't uh, like not it. a not a great amount of gore, mm. but it is a horrifying film at parts and it is fucking weird and brilliant and the acting in this is absolutely phenomenal. And Yeah, I was a big fan. It's very I suppose it's like that loneliness and just yeah. two people. Isolation. Isolation. That's, That's the fucking thing, yeah. <laughs> um 
until this quite early this year, so it was before the isolation kicked in for me in, yeah. in, in every way. I wonder if this film would hit me differently Maybe. now at this and point. Just, I think The Witch was about isolation as well and loneliness and she wasn't alone, whereas he sees they are alone. And yeah. I think Patterson's paranoia throughout yeah. and, you know, he's become a really good actor. Yeah. He probably always was, but, you yeah. know what I mean? He's just, he's, he's, no, he's, he's just chosen some really I mean, he was good great roles. in tennis. I'm not going to yeah, lie. He was. That, yeah. he was oh, handsome in tennis as well. I've never fancied him before, but, but I did in that. You know, it'll be interesting to see how the Batman yeah. goes. But. I'm so intrigued. Why did they have to give him that flappy hair, though? I fucking hate it. Anyway, I this is another film that I was really torn on because on the one hand, I appreciated the way it was made. I really liked the sort of style of it and the black and white and the sort of grungy, scary, like you say, it's, it plays a lot with shadow and stuff. And, and I think Willem Dafoe's face was perfect for this movie. Yeah. Their performances, phenomenal, yeah. Absolutely phenomenal performances. Couldn't get behind the movie itself at all. Projected is the wrong word, but like it's filmed in a different format, so it feels a bit more claustrophobic. It's not widescreen, it's very small. But I just, I couldn't, it felt to me like, first of all, it felt like they went mad too early. Like, to me, it didn't feel like, you know how a lot of people say, oh, it's a bit, you know, the isolation was affecting him and blah, blah, blah. But it felt like he was bonkers the instant he got there and Willem Dafoe was clearly already bonkers. Yeah, but so it just felt like longer. two nutters yeah. being nutters and not like, and there was too much just like masturbating over mermaids and stuff that I couldn't <laughs> handle. You can never get enough of that. I don't want any of that. And well, there was like no. a real brutal murder of a seagull that I did not enjoy. Seagulls are Why are you just spoiling the film? Seagulls just, are like pigeons, fucking. <laughs> vegan alert, lads. Seagull murder. Um, yeah, no, I, I, like, this was another one where I gave it two and a half, but I don't know. I don't know, like, I don't think I ever want to watch it again because I don't think I'm interested in the story and stuff, but I couldn't say it was a bad film. I just think, again, it's it's something, a film like no other and a film yeah. without a subject matter, but it's just that yeah. study of human nature and the isolation and two people in that close proximity. Yeah. That just happens to take a fucking twist. Yeah, I just yeah. And nothing just... get it's 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 Lovecraftian as well. Mm. Like the actual what, what's, what's in the light in the lighthouse at the end and stuff like definitely like adds yeah, to that the theme gooey of tentacles. Um, yeah, Cthulhu style. Because I mean, I think with this and Uncut Gems, obviously America it was twenty nineteen and whatever, and we were well behind on getting Pretty it. Late, yeah. So I don't think we're spoiling it for anyone with a moment. No, I think we're fine. But yeah, cool. Yeah. Phil, I am. I also like the um, the band, the Lightest Family. Because so. oh. we could be lifted. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for Palm Springs. Palm Springs, Palm baby. Palm Springs. It's a good film, that. Um, Definitely a good film. So, for those who haven't seen it, it was essentially a time loop film. Phil and his time travel. <laughs> but I think this was a film where Not I didn't... time travelling, time loop film. <sighs> I've been told. Um, it was a film where I think it was more the characters yeah. that made it, and unlike something like Groundhog Day, I feel that the the characters actually did more with it, or you yeah. know, gave less of a shit and just did what more likely what people were to do. Mm. Um, and it was a film where when I watched, it, I thought, "Oh, that's good," and then the more I thought about it later, I thought, "You know what? That's really good." Yeah. And I just think the way people, the way the characters went about things, were more like the way I'd go about yeah. things yeah. as opposed to, you know... It was related. Bill Murray and Groundhog Day and <laughs> yeah. whatnot. So out of all the time loop films that there have been recently, it's been the most 
down to earth and chilled and also sort of funny film. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that there was, it wasn't just one character that was stuck in the time loop. There was an opposing force. Yeah. And it was almost accidental that they were stuck in that time loop. And they kind of met in the middle with it. And, you know, Sandberg's always going to be great. I adore Andy Sandberg so much. And Christine Milioti, she's cute and she was nice in it. And J.K. Simmons was good in it. Always J.K. appreciate J.K. Simmons. J.K. Yeah. Simmons. Yeah. That was one of those movies that, again, it was like, it wasn't like I had low expectations because I love Andy Sandberg. So I thought, oh, this is going to at least be funny. But I wasn't expecting to like it this much. Yeah. Because I was thinking, oh, you know, it's a time loop movie. It'll be the same old, same old. Yeah, but people did, I heard people listen to the time loop film. How many are there? I mean, like, not that many really, actually. But Groundhog Day is so good. Groundhog Day is okay. <laughs> okay. I, lo- I adore Groundhog Day. It's but again, okay. you know, you could go into Palm Springs not knowing what it's, what's it, what yeah. it's about. Yeah. And still get something out of it. Yeah. What I really liked about it as well is that they just like, that Andy Samberg's character is just really casually bisexual and nobody makes oh, a thing yeah. of it. It's great. I like films that do that. Yeah. Good choice, Phil. Thanks. I chose it myself. My number three, I feel like might have people laughing at me, but I don't care because I like what I like. It's Sonic the Hedgehog. It's the last film Most we saw in the cinema. film of the year, is it? Yeah. Last really? Th- Nothing else come out. Yeah. <laughs> last else? film we saw at the cinema before yep. Lockenzie Down. Again, this was one I was excited for, but trepidatiously in the sense that I was like, I really want it to be good. And I really like Ben Schwartz and I like Jim Carrey. Um, but, you know, video game... I mean, game... I'm not sure about half of that. <laughs> <laughs> video game movies don't tend to be great. Although Detective Pikachu was wonderful. So I went well, into no. it with sort of middling expectations. Pikachu was all right. That, that was, was good. It was, yeah. really, it was really good. good. But, yeah, so I went into it thinking, like, I was just expecting it to be fine. But actually, I had a really good fucking time watching this film. It's really sweet. It's really funny. Uh, ben Schwartz is great as Sonny. Knuckles is in it. Um, what? Knuckles is in it. The Echidna. Is it? Hmm. When? Yes. When all the Echidnas are in it. Is that right at the start? Yeah. Because I haven't watched it for ages. I need to... Like, we watched it today, but we only caught it from the middle. Okay. <laughs> so, it's been... A, like, it was back in fucking February, guys. What do you want from me? From me. But, yeah, I just thought it was really sweet. It was... Like, I know a lot of people got on the high horse that it's like, it's not set... Like, who wants it set on Earth? Who wants James Marsden in it? Like, mm. Not I'm me. Like, well... Well... Sack him off. <laughs> I, I didn't mind it being set on earth because that's what these sorts of films do don't they you have to bring in the human element or whatever and i thought it worked i, th- I think they did really well with what they had i will say i am a bit sad that robotnik wasn't fat but i would have hated if they'd have put jim carrey in a fat suit so maybe it's fine but overall yeah it was a, a wicked fun oh, time and then and then tails was there at the end and i got very excited about the sequel I couldn't really get into it because I think at times it didn't know who its audience was. Mm. And, you know, there's things like when you go and see like a Pixar film or, you know, like a Toy Story Toy Story film, it's for kids or families, but it's got jokes that adults appreciate. Yeah. And where I think with Sonic, it was, it didn't, it never quite found its foot in. Where mm. it's, is this going to be like a homage to all the gamers that are now fucking 40? Or yeah. is this going to be a film for the children who want to see a hedgehog running? And <laughs> it kind of didn't find that level yeah. throughout that balanced for everyone I can, I, I can see where yeah but I can see that. Were good. but yeah I just found it I mean I, I'm quite childish though so I enjoy quite stupid humour <laughs> so there's probably a lot of bits that were aimed squarely at oh, no, no, I, don't, I, was I like, don't mind the, the although I will say bits, then I do not appreciate find... yeah I do not appreciate Sonic uh, flossing I don't want it yeah. 
but we it's knew it's a choice of a generation. A barbecue. Am I doing it right? Mm. Almost. Almost. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Sonic the Hedgehog, that was my number two. Rich? Yeah. What? Two. My number two is another film from technically from 2019 that we didn't get till very early on this year, which I felt like I watched 10 years ago, um, Portrait <laughs> of a Lady on Fire. That's good, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I've got to really say about it. I mean, it's a brilliant film, and it's literally just a love story between two women set years ago when yeah. stuff was a bit different. Yeah. Only a bit different. <laughs> a lot different. <laughs> no, I mean... It, uh, no, it was a lot different. It was a lot different, yeah. but yeah, it's still pretty terrible. Um, it's a beautiful movie, it isn't is. it? I, I think it, this is the one film on my list that is closest to the most style of the substance as well, even though the story is really good. I like it mostly because it's very beautiful. It is. Yeah, it's a really beautiful See, movie. I haven't watched it because the subject matter just seems to bore me. Don't. I was going to say, if you're not into the idea of uh, the courtship of two women secretly and there's painting, you probably won't care. But I found it to be... I, I, see, I think that's irrelevant. I think it's just such a beautiful film. It doesn't matter what it's about. It, it being in about what way is it beautiful? The way it's shot, the music, the, the performances, the costumes, everything's immaculate. The settings, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a really stunning film. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I concur. Have you got one of your hairs in Phil? Right? No, Maybe. Piff. Oh, uh, some orange pith is what it is. Phil's turn. I, mine have been spoken about, oh, and no. I don't want to speak about the next one, so I'm going to roll it over to you, Stacey. Okay. Well, animal, well your number two, isn't it? So. Yeah, my number two is uh, 1917, a film I did not anticipate getting onto my top ten at all because I don't really like war movies. Um, but they that- bore the living <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> well, this is why I think this not might a film be why. About war, this might be why I rated this so highly, is that it was a war movie that I actually like really dug. So I wasn't expecting anything at all. It was a film, we saw it on the same day we saw Jojo Rabbit, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and I was expecting to love that and find 1917 to be like marginally all right, maybe past the time. Um, and the entirely the opposite happened. I did not like Jojo Rabbit very much at all. But this just like floored me because it was just like... So well made, so well filmed. Everybody in it was bringing their A game. I wish there hadn't been quite so many sort of almost cameos of like really famous people that kind of threw me out a bit. Like I'm sure there's a bit where like I can't remember off the top of my head now because it was fucking January when we saw it. But it was like there were bits when it was like I don't know, say Colin Firth just turned up and said a line, or Benedict Cumberbatch appeared with like one line, and it was like oh, just strange is there. (laughs) Um, I think that was it there. Is it um, Sam Mendes. Yeah. It is, yeah. And I know that the I know that it wasn't actually like all filmed in one shot, but the conceit of the film is that it's sort of filmed that way, and that makes for some really interesting shot setups in the film. I just thought it was I think phenomenal. It, it succeeds in spite of what it wants to do as well. Like you watch a film where you go, "This is going to look like it's all in one big shot," mm. so you assume you won't care about it because you're just watching it for the spectacle. But like, I think the there's some twists along the way and there's some plot points that really shook me and surprised me and I think the performances are great and like yeah. the main performance, I really, really cared yeah. about that character. George McKay him. was wonderful, absolutely. I don't think I'd seen him in anything before and he's in about 3,000 films now. But yeah, I just, I was just absolutely floored by it. I came out of the cinema and I was like, I can't fathom that. Like, I, I do want to watch it again at some point soon because we it's just... It. Do we? So. Sweet. I'll watch Sweet. it again at some point then, won't I? Cool. But yeah, that was my number two. Cool. 
So I think we all want to talk about the same film at one point. Yeah. Which is I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah. It's my number one. Which is my number one. It's my number four. Ooh, that's still pretty It's my number one up until a certain point. Okay, I get it. Um, which is a oh, film yeah. by um, Charlie Caveman. Charlie Caveman, who is a bit of a dick. And oh, he's I'm a... very aware of this film as people are either really into it or fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah, I can see um, that. Because, in essence, so Jesse Clemens. No. Buckley. Buckley. is going to visit her boyfriend's parents for the first time, and she's driving, and there's a snowstorm, and then she gets there, and everything's a bit weird, and. Then you're not all of a sudden not sure everything is as it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, can't explain what happens without absolutely ruining it. Yeah. Um, and then things get even weirder towards the end. And David Fudis is in it, and he's proper weird as normal. Yeah. And I'm, I don't, I don't know why I like this film so much, but yeah, I have the same feeling because the protagonist isn't the protagonist you're watching, really. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then at the end, I can't identify with that guy. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. he's he's horrible. Yeah, the um the thing that I find found quite interesting about it was because like obviously we saw it and I went and told like every man and his dog to watch it and my mum tried to watch it and she texted me and she said she oh said, your mum were not right no yet. but she said something that actually made me think like it made me think about how good this film must be for me to have overlooked this but she was like do do these two main characters get any less pretentious than this or is this what they're like throughout the whole film but they're not real well yeah she, well but that's the those are the people that you watch in the film. Yeah. And they are like that the whole way through. And it surprised me that I was that invested in people who are very sort of like I don't think different he's people to me. And they're very he's an arsehole, but I don't yes. think he's pretentious. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I love the stuff that happens with his mother and father. Yeah, really. And the aspects that they take on. Yeah. I think, for me, the stuff in the car, superb. The yeah. stuff in the house, superb. As soon as it got to the school, yeah. I just found I think it. the stuff at the ice cream place and that is, is good. Yeah, well. yeah. yeah. Good but the ice cream place is very subtle. Yeah. But for me, when it gets to the school, then it gets a bit pretentious, especially yeah. when it reaches the musical number. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say the musical is technically a miss. I don't think it works, but I have a look at oh, I like thought it, it so much. I, but I mean, I it's like, I don't like, like um, Eternal Sunshine. Um, <laughs> yeah. My heart. But I say for for this, the first three quarters, you know, first four fifths, fucking adored. And it's one of those films, actually, few films that made you think afterwards and made you analyse. Yeah. I know a lot of people said they didn't understand it and they had to go and look for it, you know, look for the meaning online and that ruined it for them. But for me, I don't know, watch the film. I think some films are, I don't want. All of it explained. You don't want it to be spoon fed. I'm fine with getting, I mean, spoilers for this film. I'll give you a minute to just switch this off if you want. But in essence, none of this happens. It's just him reliving stuff in his dying yeah. memories of a date he once had. And it's like, I like the fact yeah. she doesn't get named and yeah. you don't twig that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. A lot well, of things like that you don't twig yeah, until, like the, all, the clothing until changes it all makes sense. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. Especially, I think, the, the ice cream part is where it starts yeah. to really yeah. come together if you haven't got it. I think the thing for me, um, because Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is, it was my favourite movie of all time until this came out, and this might be beating it now. I, don't, I haven't quite decided. I need to give it another watch. But it plays with... Eternal Sunshine twice lately is better than this. It, it plays with very similar themes of like memory and yeah. hurt and how other people interpret you, the same situations. Yeah. And Yeah, it's... it's, it's oof. I didn't talk about it on the show because the week that I watched it, I recorded an episode with Cranny who hadn't seen it and I did not want to spoil it. But it was one of those films that, like like Eternal Sunshine, like Frank, 
I was thinking about it for like days afterwards and I was like reading everything I could find out about it online and like really sinking into it because it was just so like but the, the, meaty. The book that this is based on has a very different ending apparently. Yeah, I want to read changes, the book now. changes the whole but thing. I think this compared to us, Eternal Sunshine, it's a lot more focused yes. and a lot smaller yeah. character. You know, and you could say that, that was a Hollywood film with a big star, yeah. and this is a Netflix Eternal film. Eternal Sunshine, I don't think, uh, is even slightly confusing. I guess some people who don't pay attention to it go and mm. what, but like I, it goes out of its way, and it is a Michelle Gondry film. Yeah. yeah. To really make you understand. But this like, is obviously yeah. written and directed, well, I suppose yeah. adapted and directed. Yeah. And I've oh, not seen Cinedoc New York, but like um, Annalisa was a big bag of shit that he oh, hated that. Yeah. fucking yeah. nonsense. Yeah. And I can see why some people would view this as a similar yeah. outing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it interested me when you pointed out to me that they were like by the same folks because I just thought, like, I can't I can't fathom how you could make something as sort of beautiful and, and sad and yeah. touching as this and yeah. then be, when, you know, make fucking Anomalisa. Catherine did the rounds for Anomalisa. In essence, him and Dan Harmon, who was a producer on the film, just constantly went on interviews and were like, hey, the fuck did Inside Out win an Oscar? And we didn't. Inside Out's a phenomenal and movie. <laughs> Caitlin was on Kerr mode, in essence, just like talked like shit to him and Mayo, and it was horrible, horrible oh, experience. Because no. she's like, well, I'm better than this shit. But that's, I think that's my problem with Anomaly series. The movie feels yeah. like it's going, we're so smart and we're better than you. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't, fuck off with your puppets yeah, and your shit. I don't, yeah. Um, but this film, I just... And I'd never seen Jessie Buckley before either. I've not seen her in anything. I've but seen her in... Wasn't she a musical star? I feel like uh, she's possibly. on another TV show that's like, um, I'll do anything or something like that. I think she won one of them. Maybe. Um, but she's I've, in Fargo. The yeah, worst series of Fargo by far. Yeah, but she's good in it. She's all right in it. Um, but I thought her performance in this was... Just, yeah, she's very good in it. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. blew me away. I couldn't even fathom. I was like, and how do you even act like this? The bloke who you thought was actually Fat Matt Damon at one point. <laughs> It was only in that episode of Black Mirror. I was like, oh no, has Matt Damon had an allergic reaction to something? Meth Damon. <laughs> oh, bless Jesse Plemons. He was really good in this too, yeah. though, like yeah. to sell him short Who as a fat Matt Damon. Tony Collette. That was it. Who's another interesting one for me because I find her entirely hitting me. So I know a lot of people every really. Actor, every actor's hitting me. Wang over her, but I've. Yeah. Apart from mostly Tom Cruise. <laughs> Well, anyway, any further thoughts on that before we find out what was Phil's number one? Phil's number one. So my number one, and again, I don't think I've seen this for fucking 11 months, <laughs> is Parasite. Good I think we all love Parasite. Yes, I think you've, <laughs> you've, you've, you know, you've, you've both taken it out of your top five yeah. to enable yeah. me to talk, enable <laughs> us to talk about it at this point. Um, but for me, and Parasite was one of those films where it was started getting all that hype from America yeah. who saw it in fucking... 1900s. <laughs> and I avoided getting a copy yes, online. I, I avoided as much as possible. I didn't listen to the soundtrack. Like, you know, we were people, I muted the words and whatever, just as, as soon as it started getting that level of hype. I have never seen a film gone to the cinema that I've had that much hype for that's been out so long where I was surprised by what happened in the film. And was actually yeah. still good. Yeah. 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 And I mean, there were still people that thought it was like a horror film. When I don't it got released in this country. That. No, but just because of the title. Yeah, and, yeah. and Parasite. It's like the host by him apparently isn't that kind of horror, but it looks oh. like it, yeah. But yeah, again, I just think it was so well done and just the, the like I touched on earlier with, with the with the platform, if Parasite hadn't been out in the same yeah. year or the same few years, I think that would have been a better film, but it didn't cope with the same themes as well as Parasite yeah. did. Whereas just just 
the concepts of equality and the the acting yeah. and the score. The it was all the films, casting was yeah. superb. Spot just on. the way they dealt with this tale as it went on. After we'd seen this, we saw um, sympathy film, vengeance films, didn't we? Yeah. And you were surprised that he's in yeah one of them and stuff. And Such he's just so different. Oh god, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think by now everyone must have seen. Parasite. Oh, everyone that wants yeah. to will have seen um, it. I'm sure. And I mean, I know that there's now the uh, black and white version doing Rich. the rounds on. I've never been a fan of for any film. Be, it. I, I don't see how in this concept it would it would change much. But just just the things that happened and the way mm. it unraveled and it kept on going, and you were just watching for that crescendo and yeah. waiting. That for That was the to thing. Happen. They kept like things kept happening, and I kept thinking, but it's only like half an hour in. There's yeah. like a like an hour and a half more film, or like what's gonna? I never knew what was coming next. And no. I love that about a film because. Especially like nowadays, and I hate to sound like an old fucking fart, but like nowadays, uh, so, so much gets spoiled by yeah. Twitter or. Yep. And I think the last time I was surprised or... at the cinema was Iron Man 3, which we went to that the day it came out yeah. in the world. Yeah. Like, I think there's also so many times it's like, I want a film that's like under 90 minutes. Yeah. Or is this over, but it didn't drag. Like no. you say, the first half an hour, it's like, how is it only half an hour in? And then suddenly it was it's the It's almost end. like three separate. Act. act yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. In a, i mean every film has three separate acts but like you felt like you were watching Very three separate distinct, acts yeah. but so it never it. dragged for it yeah. yeah yeah and it kind of just suddenly just ramped yeah. up yeah and in the end it's very very human very telling the emotions yeah. the the spectacle of of wealth yeah can't say it better than that really, i mean I? I think it needs to be labeled the parlors film of the year because it needs more awards. Oh yeah, definitely. Because yeah. there's, a, the, I'm sure they'll care and I about. I think he'll the... need this one. <laughs> definitely, you can add it to his shelf. I mean, it's very rare. I've seen a film that's won an Oscar before it's won it, and then agree with it when you go, yeah, yeah good, good choice. Oh yeah, when that won the Oscar, I was like, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Because um, I'm not like I don't really pay attention to awards ceremonies no. and stuff, I mean, except I, when there's like the Oscars. The only one I ever pay attention to, and they still don't matter. Yeah. But I don't think I've seen like many of the Oscar films because I don't care about them. Whereas this one, yeah, I was like, oh, I get it. This makes absolute perfect sense. And again, I'm glad we get to we got to saw it in the cinema. Yes, yes, at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah, because there are Didn't a lot of films. A, like, I know it's all technically free, but I think it was like a cinema limited screening, wasn't it? But it might God have been. Knows, I know we maybe. saw it together. That's I feel what like we didn't see it on like a random Tuesday or something because of that. Yeah, say possible. Yeah, it is a shame that this year has been the year that it's been for many reasons, but for like one of the smaller ones is the fact that there's probably a lot of films that have run under the radar. I mean, like we watched a film last week that I don't know if you felt as strongly as I did about it called Love and Monsters, which I thought was great, but I would have loved to have seen yeah. on a big screen because it's got these whacking, great, beautifully designed I said to monsters. You watching this exact kind of film we'd have seen with Cine World Cards. Yeah, we'd like never gone to see it otherwise. But yeah, and I mean, it's like I like the fact that Disney are holding on for Black Widow. Yeah, as long as they can, kind of thing. Yeah, it is yeah. a shame they didn't about do a Mulan. Yeah, it is a shame about Wonder Woman because I don't think there's any way Birmingham is going to have open cinemas to see. Well, no, nowhere in the country is going now. <laughs> um, well, next week today it's online in America, so yeah. it'll be online a minute past midnight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've heard very good reviews of that. I don't know if that will have any impact on the. On our list, I saw but... really good reviews, and I saw Little White Lies hated it, which normally means it's very good when it's kind of <laughs> fair enough. Shall we? Uh, sh- Magazine I subscribe to and really hate them at times. But brilliant. Shall we roll on to the final segmento? Yeah. This is my. Uh, oh, there is a stace hair in there. I'm sorry. 
There's a hair in Richie's BR. It's yeah, a clean Liza, hair. Got Liza, yeah. the gla- okay, it's, it's, a, it's a clean hair. Hey, so I've still not got a name for this segment about us recommending songs for people to listen to. And I thought it'd be good to throw it in this episode because then we could pick a song from the whole year that we've loved, but that also might not feature on the top albums that we've chosen. I think none of my top songs are in my top albums yeah. this year. Yeah, well, there's a few. There were a few for me. I had to narrow this down, but I, I picked one in the end. But I'll, I'll let's stick to the order. Let's go with Rich first. Okay, I'm going to pick with not just a song from the current moment. It's a song from this year. That's one of my favourite songs from this year. Um, and it is. I've never seen a badger that looks like that by my name is Ian. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you repeat that, please? I've never seen a badger that looks like that. Yep. Right, okay. So this song, Rich texted me and said, my name is Ian's got a new album, mate. Put this track on. So I did, and I could not stop laughing. It is phenomenal. My name is Ian. He's someone I saw at 2000 Trees perform. He's got a lot of good songs, a lot of really sad songs about friends dying and people being ill and all this stuff. Then every now and again, he comes out with a song that's funny, and this is one of his funny. It's very funny. Okay. Um. Yeah. So... That will go on to the Parlour Recommends Spotify playlist, should you like to plonk it in your ears. Uh, I would recommend it. It's quite short as well, isn't yeah, it? Short and sweet. Yeah, good stuff. Phil? See, mine's going to be a technicality because I'm a twat like that. Technicality, no damn boo-over. Technicality, yeah. You can say that again. <laughs> what? What? Technicality, no damn boo-over. Yes. Technicality, no damn boo-over. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so this came out like the second week of December last year Oof. but it was like the day before we recorded so I hadn't heard it okay and it's I'll a song that then. the album came out this year so it's on that album and it's been on every fucking TV advert ever since and every one of you will have heard it but I really like it it is uh, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd oh dear I fucking love that song mate oh do you know what that's the technicality I saw someone list it as a 2010 song the other week and I was confused a 2010 song 2010s. Oh, right, gotcha. So, uh-huh. yeah. Yes, yes. I think it came out on 13th of December last year. Oh, uh, I'll let you off. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's a very much, it's an upbeat pop with a synth-y. very synthy, yeah. synthy thing. The rest of the album I don't like, so. But I don't, song, think, boring, isn't I don't it? think I've ever heard another song, by I the think way. there's one other track that have. people rave about on the album, but the rest of the album I'm not a fan You've definitely of. heard I Can't Feel My Face. Yeah, that's pretty it. I oh, I can feel my face when I'm with you. I did not know that was the weekend. Well, there you go. No, I love that song. I um, I was doing a quiz for the office for the charity that I work for, and um, I was looking at the top like twenty songs of this year because I don't know, I don't pay attention to yeah. charts and that. So I was having a look so I could do some music questions, and that was like I think that might be the best-selling song of this year, or it's it certainly in the top me. five. And I was like, I'm going to give these songs a listen, and the majority of them were crap. But I was like, ooh, this is a banger. I like it a lot. It's good stuff. Nice Thanks, one, chart banger, sound nice system banger. One, Phil, uh, my nice song, I had it narrowed down to two until about like ten minutes before we recorded. So the one that didn't quite make the cut was just by RTJ. What made the cut instead, which might now just upset some people. Head. What? Show radio red. No, R-T-J. I run the jewels. Oh no, radio red. J U dollar sign T. Um, what I chose Very instead was uh, "Rain on Me" by Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande because it's a fucking chowan for having a dance. Is it better than Travis's "Rain on Me"? Yeah, 
Definitely, because that song is terrible. not called Bush Rain. Why does it always? Yeah. Um, the only <laughs> the only criticism of this song that I have is the fact that it's just slightly out of my range for singing along to. Cause it's quite high in the chorus. You can say that for every um, fucking song in the world. For me. <laughs> yeah, I'm still singing. But I a hundred percent. Every time this song comes on, it makes me want to get up and do a bit of a dancing, um, which is you know the mood that I'm I'm after. That's what you want this year. Do a bit yeah. of kitchen dance, kitchen disco. Bit of a kitchen disco. So Fiona Specs has made a whole career off it again. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just one of those songs yeah. that, like, yeah, as soon as it comes on, it just makes me smile. It makes me want to have a dance. And uh, and Key loves it. It's got the key seal of oh, approval. Oh, shit, then. <laughs> what does he fucking know? Because when, when we, you know, saw our friends that one time back in July, I think when it, it was. When it was allowed. Uh, he kept telling you to put it on because it was a banger. I don't remember that. He did. Uh, but anyway, yes, yeah, so rain on me. Uh, those will be on the parlour recommendations playlist. Rich, if you'd like to stop choosing a beer and come back over, because we've almost got to the end of the episode and it feels like it'd be sad if you weren't here. That's been 2020. It's been a shit year. It's been proper shit. Proper shit. Proper crimbo. Yeah, but, you know, some good things happened. This podcast. Mm. That was good, wasn't it? Wasn't it, lads? Do you have any social meds or whatever you want to promote before no, I, I say bye to everybody? Needs. Yeah. I need to see anyone socially would be would be great. Um, for many reasons this year, if people want to help out the NHS over this Christmas yes, period, it'd be the nicest thing you could do. Uh, yeah. That's about it, really. Don't follow me on social media. I don't post anything. <laughs> Just retweet Gary Neville occasionally. Sometimes Gary Neville. <laughs> occasionally he's right. Yeah. <laughs> Phil? Nah, I've been on this enough times. You can find yeah. me if you want. P H L P T. Yeah. I like pretty pictures on Instagram. <laughs> beer and shit. If you're a lady who drinks beer, follow Phil or follow your back straight away. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm a lady who drinks beer, but I already follow yeah. Phil. Doesn't so. have to be a lady. Um, Wink. Tramp. Well, that that's it then, I guess. It's been Emotional. so nice. It's totes emotion. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't want to be the one that does a fill and goes, hey, here's how next year will be going to be bollocks. Because then it's it, all it going to be, be fucking shit. shit. Um, but fingers crossed that you all have a splendid Christmas. Get vaccinated or go fuck yourself. Please get vaccinated when it's your turn. Take Please. care of each other. Yes, look after each other. Wear Word your masks. Your don't go out if you don't have to. You know, just what be Jerry, sensible. Jerry Springfield used to say. Jerry Springfield. Jerry, Jerry Springer. Springer. That's the one. Springer. Jerry Seinfeld Springfield. <laughs> Jerry Springfield. Take care of yourself <laughs> and your mother. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have a good time. Bye, people. <laughs> Happy holidays. You. Bye. Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah!